0: It's time for Talking Pictures Trivia. A quick friendly reminder, opening a banana from the other side is a little
1: easier and you end up with a great handle. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep our friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom... And KJ. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these pivotal questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. In round one, each question is worth one point, and in round two, each question is worth two points. Then, once the fierce competition is over, we follow it up with our famous movie rant, Where Anything Goes. Tom, tell us about today's movie.
2: Today, we're continuing our exploration of movies related to the Matrix by going back to. 1982 in France, right after the law of decentralization creates the administrative regions of France, Daniel Vignet's movie, The Return of Martin Guerre, is released. The Return of Martin Guerre was not in theaters in the USA, but if you did go to the theaters in May of 1982, you could watch any Rocky III, the one where he fights Mr. T, and of course, Conan the Barbarian. So what this film follows is an actual true story, an account of Martin Guerre, who went off to war in 16th century France, and he returned sometime between eight and 10 years later and took up his life again until it was later revealed that this Martin Guerre was an imposter and everybody in the town just sort of went along with it, including his wife. Uh, there was a famous trial in which a uh, somewhat famous jurist who um, who recorded the event uh, they they interviewed Martin Guerre and it was revealed that in fact yes this was an imposter and and he was hanged for this this episode was recorded for posterity and became the plot of this film, became the plot of a musical, became the plot of some plays. Uh, it, it's just a very little story in history that uh, no one seems to know quite what to do with. And this film, I think, plays with that mystery in pretty lovely ways. KJ, if you only had one word to describe the return of Martin Guer, what would it be? Charming, Nick? Doppelganger. And my word would be imitation. It's time for question one. Who was the king of France at the beginning of this movie? Locked in. Locked in. All right,
0: KJ, what do you have? I have Francis the first, because I'm pretty sure in the last little bit of this movie, it says something about Francis the first, or maybe in the very beginning, there's a small little thing about Francis the first.
2: Oh, right. Nick, what do you have?
1: I too have Francis the first because I have a strong recollection that he was very good friends with Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs>
2: All right, that's point. <laughs> that's points for everyone. And I appreciate Nick's um, uh, knowledge of French history. That I just he's learned brought that for the show. <laughs> All right. Um, So in fact, Keisha, you are right. It is at the beginning of the movie in voiceover, in which we learn that this is the X year of the reign of Francis I, when when this film begins. And I thought this was a, that was kind of a very interesting little voiceover opening. Typically, this movie has a bit of a feel of a fairy tale. However, Unlike most fairy tales, fairy tales have this kind of like in the past, uh, in a galaxy long ago, far away, that type of thing. Uh, There isn't specificity, sort of a, a helpful vagueness to fairy tales. That's not the case here. We get a very specific time and place. And I was wondering what you guys thought of that effect.
0: The other thing I really like that they say in the intro is if you're looking for adventure, if you're looking for excitement, this isn't it. Or something like <laughs> yeah. right off the bat, setting the stage. This is what was the word you used, Tom? This is a curio. Mm-hmm. This isn't uh, this isn't some grand medieval production. We're going to be telling this strange little story.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's what I thought was interesting in our first impressions we were talking about the plot and what's really curious about this is that there really isn't much like we just have a premise yet somehow I will say it does still work. It, it, it kept me engaged. And I think that it would for most audiences. So it, it's that's tough to do when you just have a thought and say, I'm going to wrap everything else around. Is he who he says he is? And that's mm-hmm. going to carry a full feature length film
2: yeah it's it's a very it's a mystery movie right you, it, who is this, is this guy who he says he is and they're played by different actors so you know
0: <laughs> there, there's well, and there's a third actor right because young martin's different than yeah
2: then than both other martins yeah exactly so there's three quote-unquote martins so presumably he could be he could be the guy right he could be a- actual martin um uh, but I, I think that that mystery is what keeps it going, despite the fact that it's a it's a very small film. Um, even in location, they don't go anywhere. Like you know, Martin at the end gets hanged, or quote unquote, Martin gets hanged in front of his house. They, they, they don't even <laughs> they don't even really get too far from the village to 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 take care of their affairs. Um, but I do I do like how it is. Situated in reality, right? I think that's what you're saying. Like it's, it's like this small movie that kept me really, it, it, that kept me engaged, or at, at least engaged. I don't know, really engaged, but it kept me engaged. Um, and I think part of that is that the movie uh, really is drawing from the sources, right? The the original account of the trial, uh, including you know all the all the characters. There were actually real people and whatnot, and it feels real. It feels kind of dirty and and gritty and and to the earth. Um and that also made it very compelling. And it also made the effect very non-fairy tale like. It it had a different feel than that. I'd really like to make a habit
0: of uh, demaking movies into silent films. And it would be really fun to make this one feel and look like Passion of the Joan of Arc. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of zoom ins on that uh, fake
3: Martin's face mm. that could be Oh, no. <laughs> fake Martin.
1: It's like I knew that it wasn't him when all the intertitles said "Fake Martin."
2: <laughs> really, did they?
1: <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'll, I'll, was <laughs> I'm Just picturing KJ making that <laughs> version.
2: <laughs> I am Martin," says Fake Martin. <laughs> uh, another thing about Francis, um, not that this was mentioned in the movie. But I think it, it is important to note that he was the guy who really worked hard to try and bring the Renaissance to France. Um, the, the reason why we have the Mona Lisa in France is because of Francis I, Francois I. He, he brought that painting as well as da Vinci to, to his country.
1: Well, think about where they started in this film uh, before this Renaissance period they're literally comparing whose X is whose. Like, that's how you make an X. The fact that like literacy is extremely low here and they couldn't even believe that uh, the wife would even be able to write period. So th- I, I did enjoy that when they were saying that's how she marks things and it's just a version of an X.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her her way of getting, you know, kind of proving her point, like how sh- proud she is that she can write her name was... Um
1: the only one in the town really so mm-hmm. that, that is an accomplishment
0: yeah yeah her and good martin so would you guys say good martin is a renaissance
2: man what do you mean by that
0: maybe on a on a micro level he is inspiration and ideas brought to this otherwise sleepy and routine
2: village yeah i i mean it's interesting cuz he's not he's not a th- thinker right he he's got a great intellect
1: Yes, that's what I was going to say. He does have some kind of gifted ability for recall.
2: Yeah, he has a, as they say, as Jean says, he has a prodigious uh, memory. Um, And he knows this, and he also can read and write, which is something no one else in in the town can do. So he does have intellect, he has intellectual capacity. We don't really see him having intellectual curiosity, though, right, which you imagine is what Kind of a renaissance man or, or woman, I, I guess it's just renaissance man in this age, w- w- would really have.
1: Um, he's not really a jack of all trades, he's just gifted in one area to survive.
2: Yeah, I, and it's also his his access to resources is very limited. You get the impression that the reason why he came here in part is because he could get away with it, but also in part there was financial gain to be had. And his his love for his wife was sort of possibly an accident. Um, I think it's sincere, but I don't. It doesn't seem like he planned on that. Um, in terms of him being a Renaissance man, in sort of like in the sense of sort of marking the beginning of um, of something modern that's happening, I think there's maybe more there uh, in the sense that we have a person who's kind of replicating nature, right? Like there's a real person in the world named Martin and this guy comes in and is able to replicate it and perform that. Um, that kind of idea of performance in a non-religious context, that's kind of new in the Renaissance. And now granted, Martin isn't an actor, right? He's, you know, fake Martin isn't an actor. He's, you know, just some guy, but there is this kind of a tour de force performance going on and that really is kind of a renaissance thing it's time for question 2 now i lied question number 2 is actually worth 2 points what there are two things there are two things to remember you get a point per thing oh
1: fancy okay fancy indeed Here actually we... i lied i lied in the instructions or, or the <laughs> overview you did but... <laughs> it's you... not my fault tom breaks the rules
2: You fake Nick. I'm the real Nick. What are the... We'll see. Um, Let's see how you do. What are the two things that Martin has forgotten, quote unquote, forgotten on his first day back home?
0: I might have them written in the show notes because I thought this might be coming. And there are exactly two locked in.
1: I may have read KJ's notes in the show notes.
3: (laughs) So.
0: Luckily, there's a question mark because I couldn't remember
2: one of them exactly.
1: Well, I wasn't going to say the name, but I'm also locked in.
2: Oh, <laughs> right. So we know Nick reads KJ's notes, but not mine. <laughs> Your notes know, our giant <laughs> which but i to want write specifically for, <laughs> for nick
1: but to be fair this time i actually did skim through your notes oh, because there was some you. interesting there was some interesting banter between you and kj yeah,
0: yeah well, Tom, your responses to my comments are more than all the other notes combined. Yeah. Oh, are they?
2: <laughs> I was having a good time. Yeah. Well, my notes
1: are nonsensical, mm. and I was just changing the lyrics of a rock song. Oh, we... that's what that was. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Marty doesn't know. Marty doesn't know. Anyway, let's move on.
0: <laughs> all right, so KJ. All right, the two things that I
1: had. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, it's me, it. it's me, yeah, it's me. I think Nick I got to go first. Okay, yeah, yeah so he didn't know one of the friends and he didn't know where the candles were
2: mm-hmm. all right yeah, what do you have
1: at
0: the the same um the one friend. um yeah the one friend and then the candles were kind of funny because he tries to convince them that they used to be in that drawer mm-hmm.
1: they never like, whoa, were whoa. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. where they always were yeah
0: mm-hmm. and i was like your charm works pretty well but man like you're not going to win them over on where
2: the candles were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never moved the candles for. And that is correct. Very good. You, Very good. Thank you. I'm the real Nick. Yeah. <laughs> KJ is the real Nick. Uh, so I brought this question up really to discuss, and we've done this a little bit already, but to discuss uh, the movie's premise. And more specifically, Martin's role, new Martin, fake Martin's role in the community. And what do you guys thought of how he, how he worked in this town, maybe compared to original Martin?
0: I like to think of them as good Martin and undesirable Martin. <laughs> that um, seems
1: more confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: hopefully we don't have to reference undesirable Martin too much. <laughs> but um, so, <laughs> so good Martin was pretty great. Um but I was, was thinking he good or great.
1: He was all
0: around an improvement. It's like when Dwayne Johnson's in a movie. The movie just gets better because Dwayne Johnson's there. The town got better because Good Martin was there. Everything about it was better.
2: And I think you see with when uh, Jean de Collet, the, the uh the judge, at the end he goes to the uncle who's really responsible for, for fake Martin's death, right? He's eventually the one who brought who who's Uh, actions lead to the trial and then the second trial. Uh, And he tells him at the end, like, I, you know, go back and keep order in the village since you caused this problem, right? Since you brought this to our attention. And there's kind of a recognition that, yeah, he's not the real guy and he's violating these kind of code of ethics. However, he was what this town needed, not the other one. And the other one didn't want to be there. He, you know, he he came back out of maybe obligation. It's not even entirely clear why he came back. But um, I, I think you're right. I think it's like he makes this town better. And if he came there to get money from the, from the farm, possibly. But he clearly was not looking to leave. And he was apparently a very good husband to uh, Bernadette.
1: I'm positive that if he never went to the uncle and asked for his share, this never would have happened. They would have just been fine with him being Martin and it wouldn't have been a very good movie or story, (laughs) but he would have just joined their community. It was the fact that suspicions began when there was financial gains to be had.
2: And it's, if you remember when initially The two gamblers present the evidence that he's, he's, uh, with a pensee, I think is like the kind of clown name for him. Sounds Um, right. Yeah. I I think that's right. Um, the, it's the uncle who tells everyone he's Martin. We know Martin. Let's not listen to these, these, these outsiders say things. And you're right, Nick. As soon as, you know, Martin tries to get the money, uh, it, it, it all goes to hell.
0: I was also thinking if this was a, or this was made in 82, mm-hmm. if this was a more modern movie or even, I think it might work as a, an HBO TV series or something. I think when he first comes to town, there would have been a lot more gray if he understood what was going on. It doesn't really matter for the movie, but how was he able to know everybody's name that first day? Mm-hmm. I There were, what did, did um, undesirable Martin like paint everybody so that he could know what they looked like? Like it, that the suspension of disbelief there is a bit broken.
1: I believe he's very good with context clues and positioning. And, and he even says it that the parts that he didn't know, everyone else filled in the gaps. So some of the way he talks, it actually allows them to give him information. I just think he was gifted in that manner in memory and manipulation.
0: And I think in a more modern movie, they would have shown that. But um, so I'd watch this when uh, so Tom had suggested this for the leading up to the Matrix um, a while back earlier this year. And Tom and I had watched it then and we're like, oh, OK, yeah, this will this might work. Um, and then I watch it again more recently for this episode. And when you know what's happening and you're watching there's no context clues there. He's not playing those tricks I, on the first two cousins. I forget exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets it wrong, but in a very charming way, like he just mixed up the brother. But there's there's a, how many people are in that town?
1: I At don't least know. 30. know how many, yeah, it's not a mm-hmm. dramatic number of people. But enough that he could probably place people based on age and how they work with him. But I've only seen it the one watch. Mm-hmm. So definitely you might have more insight on that by trying to figure all those missing beats.
0: You guys ever um, uh, do like photography for a wedding? Have I ever done like Like, shot a wedding? No, no, no. One of the things we, you know, we try to do is get the list of all the people for the family photos. Mm -hmm. And even if I had a month, there's no way I'd be able to predict who was uncle Joe and cousin Barry or whatever it is. So that was the one one area I think this movie could have used an improvement.
1: That's because you're no Arnaud Desple. That's true. <laughs> I'm not. I'm
0: not good, Nick.
2: <laughs> I I yeah. I this is this is one thing that the effect of that makes it more fairy ish and there tends to be, I think, this this dance in this movie where I said in, in my initial thoughts here that we have um, a very specific time frame, which kind of takes away from the fairy tale thing. However, when uh, when Gerard Depardieu's Martin comes on, he's so charismatic um, and he's so brilliant that it kind of introduces a bit of the the, the fantastical, I think, into this this kind of realist this, this real world. And I think that actually kind of also speaks to this, this kind of Renaissance thing you mentioned, KJ, like there's this new type of thing that's going to happen now. And, um, and it seems to be this kind of smash of the, of of new possibility into what used to be the humdrum of the medieval. And at the end of round one, we have a, Hi, see you after this break. Tom here, and I take my lunch to work every day. However, I often cannot find room for my knives, forks, chopsticks, spoons, and trongs. So, I just leave a giant pile of dirty silverware on my desk to the horror of my coworkers and the custodial services. But I don't have room in my tiny bag for so many enormous pieces of silverware. That's why I now own Tiny Utensils. Tiny Utensils is a full silverware set that fits in your pocket. Hopefully, you don't have a hole in that pocket. Otherwise, your tiny utensil silverware set may be lost. That's how small they are. And the variety is great. You can fit a 20-piece Chef Pro Plus right in your wallet. Or pick up the stainless steel gourmet set, including 50 pieces that together are roughly the size of an ear pod. You get the idea. I may not have cleaned the pile of rusty silverware turned shrapnel from off my desk, but thanks to tiny utensils, I could. Tiny utensils. Where the f are they?
0: And we're back. This is Good Nick, as opposed to the guy that usually brings us back. And a great, have... <laughs> great Nick. <laughs> um, that's his alternate handle on Twitter, by the way. It's at great Nick at Twitter. I have no um, idea who that is. It is not me just in case. Um, and normally we ask the guest uh, a quote unquote critical question at this point. Um, we have no guest. So I thought I'd turn to you guys, Nick. If you could watch this movie with anyone dead alive, fiction, nonfiction, who would it be?
1: I've already answered this one uh, in prior questions here. So, since this is during the reign of Francis I or Francois, <laughs> I would like to see what his buddy Leonardo da Vinci would think about this because uh, it's kind of happening during that time frame. He might have some unique insights. And for someone of that era, he had some crazy inventions and ideas. I think he actually could understand what's going on in this crazy media. Um so was Leonardo da Vinci French?
2: No, not, no. He, he was from Yeah. 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 He's from he's from Vinci. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he, Leonardo da Vinci kind oh, of Vinci. Yeah, he, he starts to move up. He's I think he's poached at this point from Milan. He used to work for the Sforza family, um which were, were like they were like the the De Medici of Milan. And then um Francois Brings him in, and, and Da Vinci ends up, he um, ends up actually dying in Francois's arms in in France.
0: That's kind of sad. You think anybody ever went back to Milan and said, "I'm Da Vinci," <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Prove it. Roll this ball down the hill."
2: Yeah,
1: no, they would just have him like do a painting, KJ, <laughs> yeah. and he was, or, drew, Vin- like stick
0: figures. Da know? Vinci
2: had so many projects he didn't finish that they're probably like, "Great." Get back to the horses. You're going to design a bunch of horses. Here you go. Finish what about up. that helicopter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. come we're not flying? <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be the, I think that. I think that the fake Da Vinci would quickly exit just because, he, you know, he had so much work. That Too this, much pressure. This, yeah, dead guy left for him. <laughs> but to keep drawing parallels, his wife would be happy. Vinci, I don't think Da Vinci was married.
1: I don't know. I don't, oh. know. I don't think he. That's had- I'll ask him when we watch the movie. I, I, don't, think is
2: he, I don't think he. I don't had a wife, and he did have a very young, very young male. companion. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So I, I think. I think.
0: We'll they would be t- excited. Maybe
2: yeah i mean we're, well we're if i had two people i could young. watch the movie um, but... <laughs> <laughs> it would be mr da vinci and mr da vinci yeah I was, was better than mine mine was going to be catherine de medici just because you know she, she would deserve it but <laughs> it's less funny <laughs> I, well <laughs> <laughs> i don't know
1: funny Nobody is very did. subjective <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh, catherine de medici is the um the she would later kind of take over France. Um, she's a f- like three rulers later, and her son was Charles the Ninth, and that was when you uh, started the War of the Religions. Oh. Uh, you Tom, that was
1: of... hilarious right there. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's we so should have used that. You're killing it. The
3: yeah. War of the Religions. Nailed it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. my answer was going to be somebody that could well time. Throughout the whole uh. movie, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Should we question three?
1: <laughs> I think we should wrap it up when we're on a high note here. Yeah, uh.
0: I like the once again.
1: <laughs> yeah. we tied. congratulate both of us.
0: Yeah, and the most we're just reading our pods. show notes and prior <laughs> discussions. <laughs> Good Nick and great Nick on the way. <laughs> Nick. You won twice. It's time for question three.
2: What one physical clue exists that says Martin is not who he says he is?
1: Locked in.
2: Locked in. All right, KJ, you're going first. The
0: wooden device that the cobbler had was the one piece, or the one
2: physical clue. All right, Nick, what do you have?
1: Yes, apparently the cobbler has a wooden model of everyone's foot in the village, and it didn't add up to the the correct shoe size.
2: Okay, very good. Points all around, yay.
1: Flawless so far. Ooh.
2: Flawless victory. All right, so I brought this up. Um, to talk about the new Martin and what he can change, right? We've talked about Martin as new Martin as the ideal Martin, uh, the better version of Martin. However, there is still a reality he can't break with, right? There's still a, a pastness that he can't deceive or change. Um, and a lot of this movie is kind of about that. It's about the the inescapable way, you know, the, the inescapable world he can't he can't flee from, right? Um, and I was wondering what you guys thought of uh, the the village that ends up outing him.
1: Wait a minute, can we make a connection here between old Neo and new Neo?
2: <laughs> new Neo. <laughs> I think we can make. I I, I thank, think we can. You. Yeah, I think we can make a connection also between different worlds right and this idea of like there was another world and you know that's sort of kind of still in charge or still governing things um but what, the, nick I'm, I'm sorry i cut you yeah, off. what, yeah, what, no, you, no. what is we're, your we're, old new neo thing
1: yeah so where my mind went there is the old neo before he takes the the blue pill right Is the blue the
2: pill. pill the red, red pill red pill
1: don't take the blue pill take yeah, the red it's, pill it's it's um,
2: the most common trope online is unless, red unless, it's cipher, unless it's cypher <laughs> yeah i was
1: thinking about cypher okay so before he does that he's kind of like doesn't have a good life he's just sitting in his house he's just drifting through life just like the old or who we find out is the real martin is still just drifting through life doing nothing whereas the new martin and the new neo are making significant contributions to all of those around them so that's where i was going with that mm-hmm.
0: we need to add the scene where bernadette talks to the oracle so she knows that undesirable martin is not the one because she wasn't mm-hmm. really in love with him mm-hmm. but she knows good <laughs> martin
3: <laughs>
2: yeah i i think there is something to that. I, I, Matrix, I think the religious imagery is, is more direct on. So you have Neo, the the redeemer, but it's also, I think you would, I think you're right, Nick, that Neo is also um, something new, right? He's there to revitalize society or fix society in some way. Um, Martin doesn't have as grand a role, obviously, <laughs> you know, but, but he is kind of an, you know, an improvement upon things. Um, I, I think with, this and the matrix also parallel is in the fact that um, that there is a distinct reality like a real world that you can't get away from right there's you know that uh, that getting away from it is delusional right it's not there isn't transcendence or anything like that there's only the delusion that that's what gets you from there and there is this sort of productive delusion that's going on in the village right you know i they, they're all sort of I'm, I'm sorry he doesn't really look like the martin who left um they, they're kind of playing it up a little bit because I, I think it's convenient uh you know they just like him more he's more charismatic um until it isn't anymore but i think in both cases i think in the matrix and in this the reason why they're not where well, this isn't a, a fairy tale and where The Matrix isn't maybe a fantasy, um, though that's a complicated thing to say, is that there's still this like, home world. There's still this real that the artificial, be it the artificial in our mind or the artificial that's, that's in a computer or something like that, is, is tied to. And I think in that way, in our, our Matrix 4 series, um, I think this movie is actually closer to The Matrix in terms of themes, than World on a Wire. Where I think a lot of World on a Wire is like, we're not really sure what reality is. Reality might actually be less quote unquote real than the than the simulacrum machine that they're in. And so I actually I think these two movies are, in spite of the fact that this movie's not science fiction and world on a wire has kind of this very similar plot as The Matrix. I think thematically, these two movies are closer together.
0: Well, and Good Martin was in this village for a while, right? He he has a kid. The kid grows up enough that you can carry the kid around. It's the kid at least walk, eighteen
2: months, yeah. right? It,
0: it's, mm-hmm. it's it's that's a long time to be living somewhere. Um, and similar to The Matrix, Good Martin gives at least the wife hope, right? Mm. Her life before Good Martin comes back is. Uh,
1: Bleak. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Bleak, exactly. Like Mm -hmm. like Rams. Um (laughs) and and I think you're quite right. Uh Stiller doesn't bring hope to anybody. That's not his role in World on a Wire. Yeah. So there there are certainly thematic similarities between the return of Martin and and The Matrix.
2: Yeah. And I I think there's also there's redemption in this movie. Even there's the possibility of redemption. It doesn't happen because Martin fake Martin gets executed, but, um, but with Neo, certainly there's the possibility of redemption. He's the, he's the redeemer, right? He's going to free everybody from this thing. And world on a wire is, um, there's sort of a postmodern ennui that's going on in world of a wire. Uh, there isn't a sense at the end of that movie that anybody's been emancipated. I mean, we know in the plot there has been, but it's, um, it's not exactly a a beautiful, lush kind of ending. The real world seems as contained and as um, as cloying as the fake one.
0: Whereas, Good Martin world ends, and the village goes back to uninspired village, mm-hmm. right? Unless she teaches people how to write her name, writing's kind of done.
1: Well, we don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe he has a lasting legacy, and it did improve. As we lead into the Renaissance.
2: Yeah, I, I mean it's it's kind of hard to imagine what that that it's kind of hard to imagine what that legacy is, and I do have a comment about that that might interfere with the next question. So I'm gonna. So
1: let's move on. Hold on. So <laughs> yeah, that's
2: I guess that's the cue. Um, All right, gentlemen, here we are at question four, and we have a tie at five points apiece. And so here, question four, our most challenging question, our final question, worth two points to break the tie. It's time for question four. What happened to Jean de 12 years after the events of this movie? Do you remember who Jean is? No, I do not. The judge. (laughs) From the oh. Toulouse Parliament.
1: Actually, that wasn't going to be my guess. That that's who that was, but I know mm-hmm. that's not the answer to the question. That's just mm-hmm. who the question's about. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: locked in with with what I think is going to be a pretty good joke answer, and then a real one. <laughs>
2: okay, so KJ double lock.
1: I'm gonna have to lock in. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I don't know. Nick, I think I, he becomes the head judge for the country
2: all right and kj what do you have
0: history repeats itself he went back and said i'm martin (laughs) back to the village Mm -hmm. um he knew everybody from the trial he also knew how the trial was going to go so he knew how to play the law if the uncle tried um
2: i think he died for being protestant all right. And KJ gets the points. Oh, and no. KJ game.
1: told me that before this episode. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and Tom told me that before. This, <laughs> no, this, episode, oh, this is set up. So in the
1: context of the film. No, well, they it mentioned they, it
2: in the movie.
0: Yeah. Actually, it's... Yeah. And so for the audience, that can't see this Google Docs. There are a lot of notes in Tom's section, a lot. And one of the notes says, I think you know where I'm going with this. And my comment back is, no, I don't. <laughs> um, and then it goes on and I forget exactly where it is. I can't even find it in here. But the reason I knew the answer to this one is I was looking for it because I wanted to know if it was in the movie or not. It's in the very last outro, right, Tom? It's mm-hmm. this
2: is the I literally the read cap. this
1: before in his mm-hmm. notes and I totally forgot.
2: Yeah. It says in the outro that um, uh, Jean de Dicler... Croix he was killed twelve years later in the Saint Barthelmo, Bartholomew Day Massacre for his Protestant beliefs. So it is in text; it's it's in the movie.
1: That was just sloppy on my end. It was literally yeah, on the nose. But right. congratulations, KJ. Congratulations, Vinny. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Good, Nick.
2: And so this is there's a little bit kind of <laughs> good. Yeah, good, Nick. One. Congratulations, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> uh, but so this kind of leads into the past commentary we were having just because when we look to the future, we know that the cycle that continues isn't humanistic. It's it's not writing, it's burning. It's the hanging, right? And if people don't know what the St. Barthes Day Massacre was, it was basically uh, the, the Catholic French murdered went door to door and murdered Protestants, murdered the Huguenots of France, um, which apparently Jean was, had converted to Protestantism by that point and was uh, tried by the same parliament that he used to sit on, by the Toulouse parliament. Um, uh, eventually these kind of war of, of the, these war of religions claim about 2 million lives. Wow. Between, even though the St. Day massacre is uh, thousands of people, uh, but anyway. Um,
1: I like we're ending on a high note, a positive note. (laughs)
2: Well, this is, you know, who instituted it was Catherine de' Medici, which is why she was the woman I was gonna watch this movie with as kind of a punishment to her. But um, anyway, so there is this, so I I found this ending very interesting that it ends on that note. First of all, it's real. I mean, Jean was the person who recorded this. This is what actually happened to him. Um, However, it is, a really odd note to end this movie on. And it makes me think the future is not to be seen optimistically, but as as potentially dangerous. And I was wondering what you guys thought of this very odd ending.
1: Well, do you think he really showed up on the day of the trial, just as they were about to announce that the other guy was Martin?
2: <laughs> yeah, apparently, yes. But th- wow. th- th- that, That's that in the sounds, record.
1: That actually sounds more like a fairy tale
2: yeah i mean i according to the official records which i I actually looked up yeah he came where are they in the
1: show notes here tom i
2: don't see. i I, I didn't i didn't i didn't cut and paste them um yeah apparently he showed up he had one leg uh he had a whole story about where he had been um i neither of his sisters recognized him though (laughs) they still thought the, the 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 fake martin was was that martin um But yeah, no, that, that actually happened. Like he came in according to the, according to Jean's record, that's what happened.
0: Well, so I wonder if that ending is the other side of a, of a boundary, right? I love these boundaries. And (laughs) if this is a fairy tale, maybe we get into fairy, not when good Martin shows up, but right at the beginning when the intro that you had pointed out earlier, Tom tells us we're in a tale and maybe they didn't want to leave us there so they had to bring us back to reality by pointing out something very real and mm-hmm. factual
2: but but it also opens the voiceover is a, a f- like a fact machine right at the beginning it gives us the facts it's this year of Francois's reign right and in, in this place it gives us time and place and it ends on this other kind of factoid which um gives us a historical event and and situates the tale of Martin within that historical event. So it seems odd to introduce the fantasy via historical realities, right? Marks of historical reality. Uh, And and that's where I find like, I I find it less fantastical in the sense of, um, in the sense of a, a fantasy story. However, I do think it's uh, this liminal space that you're talking about, KJ. I do think it's there. I think it's this place between this kind of medieval, more feudal thing and the modern. That's why I think like the Renaissance is is important, right? why Francois is important to be mentioned. Um, but it's also the kind of the catastrophes of the modern, which I think is why it's important to recognize or, or mention at the end, the kind of the death of the Huguenots, right? This, this sort of... Um, you know the sort of the sort of catastrophe that really begins at the beginning of the Renaissance. And the, the other term for the Renaissance that everybody uses—they don't really say Renaissance anymore. It's sort of an outdated term—is early modern period, right? And what we're witnessing in France at this time is the beginning of modernity. Um, Drink. Oh, we. we <laughs> <laughs> I do say modernity a lot, right?
0: Um, Turns out it's invading often. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think it's just a common theme of of your movie picks, where, where there's someone, uh, some small area that is being invaded by modernity. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's the kind of it's odd because I, I we have had these. I think actually a lot of them come from UK, Che. These kind of like yeah. little conservative oh, movies true. and co- these little conservative movies, and I don't mean politically conservative. You know, not they're not like voting Republican or something. But they're, they're these movies that are about um, these kind of traditional orders that have to deal with this new way of life. That's, that's the invading, you know, Rams is like that, certainly. Um, and I think that, I think this movie kind of falls into that pattern as well, um, but in a different way. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And that's why I kind of asked this question. I was interested in what you guys really thought of that, that framing device, which I found fascinating.
0: So maybe another take would be, they're the, the movie makers were nervous that nobody would believe in this story so they're trying to be like no citation here it is like mm-hmm. here's another uh historical thing that happens mm-hmm. just like this did mm-hmm. right because passion of the joan of arc kind of does that too don't they frame it with these are lifted directly from yes them? yeah that's right and they yes. show
2: they, they show the the original uh trial records yep. that, that were kept there so there is this thing but then passionate joan of arc does something really weird which is it goes like um, these kind of odd expressionistic full on angles. Uh, And it's uh, Passion of Joan of Arc also had an incredibly expensive and realistic set that you almost can't see at all in the movie. (laughs) And so there's this weird, uh, here's another, you know, boundary thing, right? With Passion of Joan of Arc, there's this like incredibly expressive camera work and there's this realistic stuff that you can't see or you can only see parts of. Um, So that's a weird blend. Here it seems like really invested in the realism. There doesn't seem to be anything particularly fantastical that happens. And the camera work is is mostly Straight. boring. Yeah. 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 Standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The costumes are great, but you mm-hmm. you know.
1: I would say the only thing fantastical was his recall, his ability yeah. to take these little nuggets and read people and play off that he's a whole nother person when he's never yeah. seen any of these people before. That was the only thing that was a stretch. And I didn't have the same second watch that KJ did, but I'm sure I'd have more questions on that part mm-hmm. if I was really looking at every interaction.
2: Yeah, yeah, possibly. Uh, you know, but there's also that point in the trial where when he comes clean, he says there's no magic in it. Right. That's what he looks. He goes. That's what well, he. Well, they spares, thought he was right? a
1: witch or something.
2: Yeah, they thought right. it was a demon and that type of thing. He's yeah. like, no, there's there's no magic in it. I swear.
1: But <laughs> I like how like he flipped at the end. He's almost like. You got me. <laughs> it's like yeah. to the bitter end. He's like, I'm like, a, uh, yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's why did he do that, right? Do you remember the justification she gives his wife
1: to save her and his kid?
2: Yeah, this really, in a lot of ways, is
0: her movie, right? It's a mm-hmm. story about her dealing with stuff with different
2: Martins. Yeah, and the, it's based on a book called The Wife of Martin Gare. so the book. It's a novelization of an actual event, and the novelization is from her perspective. So yeah, and so is the movie. We we start um, we start the story with her testimony at the initial trial to Jean. Uh, So the the framing device is kind of doubled. There's the voiceover that gives us this background, but then there's her who gives us this the the life of the village. And we haven't talked about her a lot. What did you guys uh, what were you guys thoughts on her?
1: She literally is the key to the cover story because they literally say she knows things only a wife would know. <laughs> and that's pretty compelling to uh, an audience especially mm. in those times I would imagine.
2: Yeah, it's a, I mean she also it seems like she knew. <laughs> right? We got she to the end. Yeah, Yeah. No, end, she, literally kind of saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. she she talks with with Jean and that's when you get that kind of um You know, Martin didn't need me. He did. We were good together. That's what, you know. She
1: knew all along. I think that from that first night, she knew it wasn't, but she liked what she saw. (laughs) And her other husband, well, her true husband, just completely abandoned her. Mm -hmm. And she was with no one else for all that time, lonely. And this somewhat, well, I'd say handsome and charming guy came in and he says he's her husband. She's like, that sounds good to me.
2: Yeah, and and old Martin was lazy. He was like really socially inept. He was literally
1: um, impotent. They literally go into that how he has challenges yeah. with affection.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which eventually they fixed by whipping him. Which <laughs> 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 mm. there's a lot we could say there. Um, yeah. So um, I, I yeah, it is her movie. I think that's right. It, that's from the source material as well. And. Uh, it, yeah, it's her, her tale to tell, And um, I, they are really good together. They're, they're you know a sweet couple and he's good for her. And uh, th- this idea of his identity, right? That this identity is kind of constructed by the needs of the community. He's Martin because the, the community needs a Martin. Um, she needs a Martin and he's a really good Martin. You know, just like Keisha, you're 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 a better mm-hmm. Nick than than the Nick we originally had. I would that's be a better. Yeah, good and, and yeah, we and call and them great, good yeah. Nick, not yeah, better
1: Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I really well, lost the episode. Grace for yeah, really, okay? Yeah.
2: Well that's what I am saying. You're you're victorious, Nick. That's what it is.
1: This week, I guess so. As <laughs> yeah. long as Nick's in the in the title, I'll take
0: it. <laughs> um, that's similar to Neo, right? neo is who that community needed they needed the one they needed somebody to break them out or give them hope that they could break out of this so mm-hmm. there's another matrixy reference as well it's time for movie rent. so another comparison to the matrix um in the matrix all, there's the trench coats and there's those sunglasses right everybody's mm-hmm. got those cool sunglasses in the return of martin everybody's got those cool caps
1: cool and is debatable got... <laughs> i knew you were going to go there with that cat i not think a good they, look.
2: did they get an oscar nomination for costumes they've won oscar nomination i think it might have been for costumes and it's was probably pushing. because of the
0: hats and yeah. so on the second watch i was following martin's hat to see if there was mm-hmm. any symbolism there and this is a bit of a stretch but when he first gets there it's clean pristine Mm -hmm. it's good eventually it starts getting dirtier as he starts making a little bit mistakes and then it gets knocked off his head when he goes up to the top of the barn to try to get the money but Mm -hmm. it's turned out to be fake just like agent smith's sunglasses which gets knocked off at some point in the movie
1: i think that's exactly what the wachowskis were getting at Mm-hmm.
2: ah <laughs> uh, yes we, we we now have a promo for our show Just edited. <laughs> yeah i i don't i don't know about that um so my the thing the reason why i brought this so my, my complaint with the matrix and i think i voiced that two weeks ago was that what they, what the sisters who made that film are trying to do, they're failing to do. What they're trying to do is present the hyper-real, right? This kind of Baudrillardian world in which um, the thing that's represented is no longer, the representation no longer has a thing that it's derived from, right? And so if you think of sign, right? The term sign has a signifier and signified. Put them together, you have a sign. And you could think of like tree, tree, right? Tree, the word, green thing with leaves, signified, signifier. The sign is the word identifying the object. Does that make sense so far?
1: Nope. Yes. Yep.
2: It's a word. When you say a word, it means something in the world. That's the sign. The sign is that meaning system. The, the word is the signifier. Mm-hmm.
0: And what a tree is the signified.
2: Yeah. Well, what, so what, so what, what happens with the matrix is what they're going for in the matrix is, um, what Baudrillard is saying with the hyperreal, which is the sign is broken, all signifies, no signifiers, right? Um, but so the, there is only these, these symbols, they don't connect to anything anymore. They never did. Now in the matrix, that's kind of a problem because actually it does right there is a real world it's very distinctly distinct what the real world is the fake world is based on aspects of the real world it kind of doesn't work i think it works better but it
1: looks so cool
2: it's a cool looking movie the special effects are great but I, i think the project that the sisters were going for in that film doesn't work because the the borders are very very clear what's real what isn't real Right, um, and and even the world of the Matrix is clearly based on 1998, whatever uh, America, you know, um,
1: the peak of our civilization.
2: The peak of our civilization, 1998, when when Will Smith was topping the charts. That's that's they decided to shut it down after that. Um, what what Baudrillard says is that thing, that kind of hyper reality, um, that is the last step on a series of kind of steps. The first one being in the Renaissance. And what we see in the Renaissance is a, um, we see in the Renaissance is this uh, trompe l'oeil, you know, trompe l'oeil, the the kind of artwork where it's a painting, but you look at it, it looks like a full dimensional building. That is, it's a type of art, but the idea being that it's something fake, but recognizes and represents something in the real world. And so the for the paintings, the signifier. Yeah, and it. Yeah, and it, then it's signified. It's signifying a real room, right? But there's something there in nature that's real, and the Renaissance is the replication of the natural world. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear you, Tom. I
0: don't see where you're going.
2: Okay, so what what happens with uh, I think Martin is the beginning of representation, right? Where this idea of the counterfeit of something as faking something else, as representing something else, but isn't the real thing, isn't the original, but looks to the original for for its references, for its design, for its function, right? All of those things, it's representing that. Think of an actor, right? This is er early modern periods when acting really becomes a thing. Theater becomes uh, secularized and, and an independent thing it's representing the real world and purporting to point to something in the world that it represents, but it's counterfeiting. It's not the real world, you know, and Martin, I think is that, right? I think Martin is that. And I think the idea the sisters had, with the matrix is that's going to be the, that's going to be a world of fake Martins without real Martins, right? It's a, we should it's have a called him
1: counterfeit Martin. Yeah, yeah, it's,
2: yeah, exactly. He's, he's counterfeit Martin. He's counterfeit Martin. That he, is a a really good name for yeah. For <laughs> yeah, he's
1: counterfeit. Okay, we got to redub the whole episode. Change yeah. every instance of yeah.
2: counterfeit, mm-hmm.
0: counterfeit. But Tom, who's counterfeit in the Matrix?
2: That's the thing. I think it. I think there is right, and I think the pro. That's the problem with the movie. It isn't supposed to be counterfeit, but it is, and it's well, with who the... is? There's
0: a, well, there's every, a real... Every uh, every avatar has a real person back in.
2: Right, right, but that—that's the thing, right? It ends up being the, the original person or the flesh and blood person, and then this this version of them that's drawn from them, you know, Neo in the Matrix or Thomas Anderson in the Matrix. And is Neo, the
0: signifier, Neo yeah. the signifie, signified, yeah,
2: signified, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so what you have is the each individual is a sign unto themselves. Because there is, in the Matrix, this representation that is based upon this natural biological body.
0: Ah, where you're saying good Martin is not an avatar for undesirable Martin. No, I'm saying
2: it's, it's very similar. Oh. I'm saying that's the comparison. I think the sisters wouldn't say that, but I think that they're kind of misreading their own movie and I think that's why these two movies are very very similar you know even more so than world on a wire despite the the science fiction premise of that that picture whoa
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna bring that up though world on a wire is more authentic in the sense that all of those beings are not linked to something else they are their Mm -hmm. own thing they are completely computerized Mm -hmm. AI or simulation not simulations they're their own beings
2: yeah. There, computer yeah.
1: Code.
2: yeah, and that's an interesting take on it, right? To go like, they are more authentic than the flesh and blood counterfeit Martin, right? Um, that's why
1: I wanted to leave on that note. I mean, yeah. I just wanted to that's drop a, that an, bomb. Yeah, and,
2: <laughs> that, and that's an interesting note. Up. So it's, I
0: guess we'll see what happens in the fourth Matrix movie next week. Yeah, maybe, maybe well, that'll be
2: very exciting, yes. <laughs>
1: I'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week, which is KJ, AKA Good Nick, for some reason. You can find more of our content wherever you listen to podcasts on our YouTube channel, Twitter at Talking Studios, and our website, talkingpicturestrivia.com. We're extremely grateful to all those who subscribe, like, follow, and leave a review. Have you ever impersonated someone for an extended period of time? Let us know on Twitter. Talking Pictures trivia at gmail.com or give us a call at 201-467-8679.
2: You could find me on Twitter at ThomasLayman15. Also check out Talking Pictures Trivia B-Side, our sister podcast in which we investigate these movies in a little more detail. And uh, this one, I'll just read my notes out loud. That could, that could be the <laughs> <That's> dreadfully <good. laughs> boring B-Side, including the exchanges between me and counterfeit Nick.
0: That's me, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like the part of the notes where KJ mentioned, I think you know where I'm going with this and nobody will know where you're going.
0: (laughs) Audience, stay tuned. See if you know where Tom's going with this. (laughs) Do you know?
1: Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me on Twitter at KJ10001000. I can also be found on Twitter at The Nicknamed. Join us next time when we discuss Nick's recommendation, which is my recommendation from 2021, The Matrix Resurrections. Pretty sure this is going to be a first watch for everyone Mm -hmm. as it is just coming out right before we go over it on our next episode.
3: Ding, 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 ding.
1: Next week, we'll be discussing The Matrix Resurrections. Tom, how was your first watch?
2: so i watched this film at 3 a.m when it first came out i had work at 4 a.m so i, I put in an hour of this movie um, which actually felt like work was a continuation of this film because this movie is, is very labor intensive and in, in terms of having to watch it and get through it and get from scene to scene it was it was pretty tiring. And so I had to take random breaks throughout the day. Uh, but it, we, we did watch it or I did watch it on its first release date on HBO Max. And um, what were my first impressions was uh, I was pretty tired of watching this movie by the end. And typically for these episodes, I try to watch the movie twice in order to have a Better understanding of the picture in order to develop an idea or a reading of the movie that we can use. And I really, really could not get through this movie a second time. Um, it's it's a it's a rough trip. It I will say something nice about it. It's nice to see older actors who are uh, who have fewer years left ahead of them than behind them sort of relax into themselves and kind of meet again on screen. There is a kind of sweetness to those moments when you see Trinity and Neo meet again, or Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss meet again. There's a, a level of relaxation there that I think just comes from age. And I will say that as a compliment of the movie. So I also watched this opening day, uh, I did not get up that early, but uh, I watched it probably early afternoon and it was tough for me to get through as well. I think normally I, I probably would have preferred to split it up into two days. I think uh, there's probably you know, a good splitting point in the movie. And yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure if I would say I'm disappointed because I didn't really have high expectations but it was, it was tough for me to get through. That being said, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the original movie so much. I think I'll, you know, I'll still
1: watch sequels when they come out.
0: I was super excited to see this movie. I thought we were going to go back to 1999, not only in the movie, but you know, I was going to get to be a, a kid again or a teenager again. I, I just imagined, uh, being back in the theater with everybody, I, I don't know why I thought this was going to happen watching this on HBO, but I, I was really excited. I, I saw a few of the trailers of the teasers. They seemed fun enough. I watched it on my laptop with my good headphones and it made me feel really old. I know, Tom, you're saying you appreciated the older actors and and it, they were they were good. They were great, but it made me feel old Um I guess we'll skip spoilers in case uh, the audience is going to watch this before our release next week. Um, But the movie made me feel old, very old.
1: Just like everyone else. I watched this as soon as it was released the first day, this was a streaming first watch for me, probably an only watch uh, to be honest here. I had low expectations, but I wanted to have high hopes. And unfortunately, those hopes were not reached. And in fact, I spend most of my time, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it on the episode when we go over this one in greater detail. Did we need more Matrix? In many franchises, I always say more is better, but I'm hoping we explore that a bit with this film. And I was kind of hoping it was a one-off, but it seems like that's not going to be the case. So I'm not really sure if I have room for more matrix in my life. If this is the way we're going, but who, who am I kidding? I'm, I'm probably going to still watch them just to see what happens.
3: All Let's right. Do it.
0: Here we go with the question. Let's do it. Neo.
3: <laughs> Morpheus. <laughs>
0: that should have been our words i could be <laughs> trinity <laughs> that would kind of work actually yeah no. I, I have the hair for it. <laughs> no, no.
2: you guys are gonna get this <laughs> so easy um who was, was Leonardo this? da Vinci's dog's name <laughs> <laughs>